And uh, we pray that God will help us today. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now we have been preaching the last uh, few weeks, I guess, on the Holy Bible. And uh, we have said a lot of things already concerning the Holy Bible and uh, how it's not only inspired, but it was, in, it was preserved and it's also published. We're going to continue on with that thought this morning on the Holy Bible. And so we find uh, our text in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we'll begin reading in verse 13 here this morning. If you would, in honor of God's Word, uh, let's stand and uh, to honor Him this morning. Anytime and every time I can do that, I always want to do that. The Bible says in verse 13, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and in righteousness. Father, I come to you in Jesus', Jesus name. And Lord, I'm so grateful this morning that I can come back to the house of God. Thank you, Lord, for all those you've gathered together on this day. Thank you, Lord, that you give us a Bible, a holy Bible. A Bible that's been inspired, a Bible that's been preserved, and a Bible that's been published. And God, this morning we can have it, we can know it. God, we can trust it. Lord, we can believe it. And Lord, we can even love it. And I ask you, Father, that you'd help us to bring better understanding and clear understanding of what we have in our hands today that we might want to appreciate it even more. And God, I ask you, God, to give us the help we need to be able to speak and to think and God, to give forth all that you laid on our hearts this week concerning this Holy Bible. Do a work, dear God, not only in me, but in us. God, save the lost. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Be seated. So I want to preach not only in the Holy Bible this morning, but the devil's plan. Now, there has been talk and much talk in every place, it seems, well, the translations of the King James Version Bible and uh, NIV Bible or, or ESV Bible or the World Living Bible or all the other hundreds of versions that are out there. And uh, you say, well, there's really not much difference between any of them. There might be a little wording different. It may be a little where you it, it's a paraphrasing, it's uh, when you compare it to the King James Version of the Bible, you know, it has those these and thous and thines and, you know, uh, let's get to where we can really understand it with the other versions and so, and all, really when it's all settled and the dust is settled and the conversation between those individuals, uh, they will say, you know, there may be some different but they're minute. 
I mean, it's just not that big of a deal to, to create such an issue, to have such a big problem, you know, uh, to have an NIV, to have a KJV, to have an ESV. You know, uh, you are making uh, something bigger than what it really is in the way of, of saying that the King James Version Bible is the preserved, infallible, inerrant, holy scriptures of English uh, then you, you know what, you're just kind of fanatic on that side and we all don't feel that away. And so we get a general understanding and clearing that the Bibles just don't make that much of a difference. And so that's kind of the, the, the temperature. But can I say this morning that there is a devil's plan. Now, we think about the devil. We think about uh, in, in Revelation chapter 12. Uh, turn there with me, and uh, we'll be right back here. But Revelation chapter 12, just want to say something about what the Bible says concerning the devil. In verse 12, and look in verse 9. The Bible says, The great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world which deceiveth the whole world. And so we find already that then the devil's plan of the Holy Bible, his plan is to deceive the whole world with all deception. We see in our text here in chapter 2 or chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, it says, But evil men and seducers wax, shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Well, and he is the one who has deceived the whole world. And so the devil is in verse 13. Now we know also in John chapter 8 in verse 44. I can read that to you here this morning. The Bible says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Now we can understand this morning that we can have a conclusion about the devil. The devil's the deceiver of the world. Yes. He has deceived the world. He's also a liar. All right? And so in that mindset this morning, I want to show you through the Word of God this morning, helpfully and helpfully through the, through the help of the Holy Ghost of God, of how the devil has brought deception with the Word of God. How the devil has brought deception in the world in which we live, which we live through the Word of God. Now, we know, and we're not dumb, or we're not ignorant, we know that not all the Bibles, let's just use the uh, King James Version, the NIV, uh, or the ESV. I keep on using those because it's just three little words or letters. And so, uh, but there's a multitude of that. We all know they're all not the same. Right? right? We all know that. Because they all don't have the same amount of words. They all don't have the same phrases. Uh, some are missing words. Some are missing uh, this and some of that. Some has added some things. Some has taken away some things. And so it is clear that if every Bible was just like the King James Version Bible, well, then we would just have a King James Version Bible. Uh -huh. I mean, we're smart. <laughs> so we understand that Everything that considers itself to be the Holy Bible, uh, there is not the Holy Bible. So now we have to determine 
How do we figure out which one of all these hundred translations is the Bible? The Holy Bible. One of them is going to be it. Now, why would you think that there's so many translations of the Bible? i tell you why. The deception of the devil. The deception of the devil. Now, if you look in verse 15, this is a good motivation why he would want to us, the world, to be deceived with the Word of God because it is the Word of God in verse 15 that says this. It says, the holy scriptures which are able to make these make thee wise unto salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. So this is his motivation that if he can get the world deceived with having other Bibles called holy Bibles that are not holy Bibles, that the holy Bible will make you wise unto salvation and people don't get saved. Because you only can get saved by being made wise by the Holy Scriptures. Not any book, not any Bible, but the Holy Scriptures. And I felt like last Sunday we have told you and, and helped you and maybe and proved to you that the King James Bible for English speaking people was the Holy Scriptures. The infallible, inerrant, Preserved, Holy Scriptures, King James Version. Now, I'm going to come from another angle and tell you why are we in such a deceiving place. Devil. The devil's plan. It always has been the devil and God's Word. It's always been that way. So turn back to Genesis. That's where you always get the beginning, right? So let's go and talk, number one, about the devil's deception. We find it was from the beginning with man. Genesis chapter 3, a uh, very famous chapter, very famous uh, uh, passage. We all went through it hundreds of times. And there's nothing new in this here we're going to say. But I want to, the point I'm trying to make is in the, the devil's deception of the Word of God, it all began in Genesis. It all began with man. We read it in verses 1 through 4. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said unto the woman, Yea, thou hast said, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, Ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. Now I want you to notice this morning uh, that in verse 1, the devil added to the Scripture. For he said this, Hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. That's not what God said. He added to what God said here in the garden. Now, what did God say? Well, God said this. God said in verse chapter 2, verse 16, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. That's what God said. The devil said that God said, 
In verse 1, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And so we find that the devil has added to the words of God and Fred, it's deception to do that. We also know secondly that the devil not only addeth to what God said, but the devil taketh away what God said. There in chapter uh, chapter 3 and verse 4, the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. But what did God say? Look at chapter 2 and look there in verse 17. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. So what did he say? The devil said you you shall not die. God said you shall surely die. And so here we find that he taketh away. From the very beginning with man, the devil has always been deceptive with this word, with God's word. We got to see that. Very clear, very plain. But not only the beginning of man, but the beginning with Jesus. Turn to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Now, can I say this with honesty this morning, that if you go from Revelation, I mean from Genesis all the way to Matthew, you'll find deception all through the Old Testament with the Word of God. We don't have time today to go through all of those, but I'm just telling you, trust it. If it started in the garden, it went right through. We find here, secondly, if this devil, who's a deceiver of the whole world, a liar from the beginning, has enough nerve and enough boldness in Matthew chapter 4 to come to Jesus and bring a temptation to the Son of Man and the Son of God. Don't you think this morning that you and I wouldn't intimidate him at all? You and I wouldn't look at him and he'd say, oh boy, I'm not going there. Uh, I'm telling you this morning, this devil, this deceiver has a plan. We find in there in Matthew chapter 4 in verse 6, He says, Say unto them, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. And now the devil is about to misquote the Scripture. He's saying this is God said it in Psalms chapter 91, verses 11 and 12. This is what God said. But now he's about to say what God said, but God didn't say what he just says. This is what the devil says, what it's written. He says, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now what is he quoting? He's quoting Psalms 91, verses 11 and 12. You can turn it if you want to, I'll read it to you. This is what it says. This is what the Word says. This is what God said. Psalms Psalms 91, verse 11. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now we find this morning, according to this conversation that's going on between Jesus and the devil, with the mindset, the deception that he's going to bring concerning the word of God. We see, number one, uh, that the devil added to what God said in Psalms 91. He says in verse 6, he says, Lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Is that what he says? 
There in verse 6. It sure, it sure is. But what does it say in 91 verse 12? God said, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. There's no such thing as at any time. So we find that the devil has added to God's word by adding at any time. Now my question would be to you and maybe to me, your question to me is, so what? So what? This is God's word. It tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 12 not to add nor diminish it. It tells us in Revelation chapter 22 not to add or not to take away. And here we find the devil is quoting Jesus and he comes to the place and he is one that adds to the scripture. Because you and I who are in this thing about knowing the word of God that will make us wise unto salvation, we've got to have the Holy Scriptures in our lives because it tells us how to be born again, but it tells us how to live born again. And in that fact, we need the true word of God. And here the devil is adding, and friend, you'll ask your question, has he added in all these other versions? And the answer is yes. So he added. But not only did he add, He took away. We find there in verse 6, the devil taketh away what God said. He says in verse 6, he says, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. Y'all see that? He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. Now, he took away because what God said was this. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. You see that part? He just, he, he, I guess he just forgot. But he took away of what God said. God said to keep thee in all thy ways. He so forth in his way of, uh, of quoting it and telling uh, Jesus what it says in Psalms 91 like Jesus didn't know. Uh, he took away. Number three. We notice that the devil changes what God said. In verse 4 of verse 6, it says, Angels charge concerning thee. That's what the devil said that God said. But actually what God said in Psalms 91 verse 11, Angels charge over thee. Not concerning, but over and so now we got to change. He didn't, he didn't do away with it. He didn't add to it. He just changed it. So now we know, according to Bible students and Bible believers and disciples of the Lord and the followers of Christ and the believers in the Lord and Savior this morning, that the devil who's the deceiver of the world, the devil this morning who's a liar from the beginning, has now got a plan going on. He does three things with God's Word. He adds, takes away, or changes. Amen, we see that. If he's going to do that with Jesus, he'll do that with us. We find, we find he also not only did it from the beginning with men, but he did it from the beginning with Jesus, but he did it from the beginning with the church. If you have your Bibles, hope you do. Turn to Luke chapter 8 with me. Stay with me as we go through this introduction. Just trying to lay some groundwork so that we can really understand what's going on this morning concerning these Bible versions. Luke chapter 8 and look at verse 5. 
the Bible says, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. It was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Now, if you, have, you mark your Bible or you underline, you are to underline, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Now, and in chapter 11, I mean, chapter 8, verse 11 through 12, he is telling us a little bit about what's going on here. He says in verse 11, Now, the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. Now, underline that because that's important. The seed is the Word of God. So we're talking about in this parable that Jesus is talking about, about the kingdom of heaven, the church. He's saying that the Word of God is at stake here. The Word of God is the very context and content of what you and I are be paying attention to. The Word of God is the seed. Then he goes on to say this. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil. Uh-oh. Who's the devil? Well, he's the fowl of the air that devoured it. Because he goes on to say, And taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So what, what's going on here? Well, we see here that whenever that seed that is preached, that word of God, that gospel, uh, that, that's a saving power of an individual that is in the field of the world and the seed is being dropped, the seed is being let go and the seed is being dropped off, who is it? that comes and takes that seed and removes that seed so they can't do what? So they can't believe and be saved. So far as the devil's concerned, he is not for the church. He hates the church. He's against the church. He would have every seed that he would take like a fowl and devour it out of the heart of every unbeliever so that they may not believe the word of God and not be saved. That's the devil's motive. That's why he would change up Bibles. That's why we would have many, many translations because there's only one that will make you wise unto salvation that's the holy scriptures Amen. and so we find even in the beginning of the church this old devil the deceiver of the world the liar from the beginning is snatching out the seed so that people cannot believe and be saved and become the church the Word of God. See, you think his mind and his heart, this devil is on people. You think his mind and heart is on countries or on cities. Or now you think, well, he's on drugs or alcohol or prostitution or homosexuality or abortion. Well, this devil, he's got his mind on all of these issues and all these people. But you know what he has his mind on? The Word of God. That's what he has his mind on. Because he knows if he could take that Holy Scripture and remove it from anyone and everyone, they cannot be saved. And you know why he don't want anybody being saved? Because he don't want a church. Because he don't want Christians. He don't want followers of God and worshipers of Christ. 
So how do you know he don't want no worshiper of Christ? Because on the third temptation in Matthew chapter 4, it was, hey, listen, do you see all these kingdoms? You see all of these nations? You see all out there? I give that to you. If you bow down and worship me. That's what the devil said to Jesus. So we find this morning very clearly and very plainly in this deceptive plan, this devil's deception today, the devil knowing that the Holy Scripture maketh thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. We've read that while ago in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. Number one, I want you to notice in the way of the beginning with the church, Paul. Paul was saying that the corrupting of God's word in Paul's day. Now that goes way back, don't it? I mean, 2 Corinthians, turn there to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 17 with me uh, this morning. But Paul wrote 2 Corinthians chapter 2. He wrote it when he was in Macedonia. And he wrote it around 55 A.D., uh, 56 A.D., that's the closest of uh, times that could be given unto us. And so what you're reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 17 has been written, inspired of God, given to Paul by the moving of the Holy Ghost of God on around 55, 56. It says, For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God in the sight, God we in Christ. So Paul is saying in verse 17, even in his day, in his day there was the corrupting of the word of God. And so we just can't think this morning that in 2024 that the devil's trying to deceive us into the what translation of the Bible, what Bible should we have and hold and love and believe. It was happening in 55 A.D., well, what were they trying to corrupt the Word of God? From the originals, right? Because right? the originals were given from 50 to 125. 50 A.D. all the way up to 125 is when the originals of the Greek were inspired. That's the dates. And from those periods of time, people started making copies, copies called manuscripts from the originals. Can you just imagine the writings of Paul? How he has one writing which was the original inspired uh, handwriting of Paul and he sent it down to the church of Ephesus, the church of Corinth. And people looked at that. I mean, I guarantee you they were pulling it, trying to get it, trying to go all kind of ways. People started copying stupid. We have over 6,000 manuscripts or handwritings of the scriptures. We got, every, we got about 50,000 pieces of the originals uh, we have today and all over the world. But we find back in Paul's day that there was corruption going on with the word of God. Now, I want you to notice in this corruption of the word of God that the word of God tells us that this corruption is going to be here. I want you to notice, number one, in Matthew chapter 7. You know, I've turned to these scriptures. i got them written down for you. Uh, but Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15, uh, the Bible talks about false prophets. Wonder where false prophets come from. The deception of the devil. 
The Bible says, Beware of false prophets, this is what Jesus is saying, which came to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. So now Jesus is telling the future church, telling his disciples and telling his followers, listen, uh, there is a corruption going on with the word of God. Matter of fact, it is by the false prophets. And so we can't be naive enough to know that during Jesus' day that everybody was up and up. The devil was working in Jesus' day too, amen. I mean, there's already been about 4,000 years of his work up in the Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi, and then there's that old period of time of 400, 400 years in between Malachi and Matthew, and now Jesus comes on the scene, and Jesus is telling us, listen, there are false prophets out there. Why? Because there's a false narrative. There's a false teachings. That's why you would have false prophets prophesying falsely because we have a devil. What's he against? He's against the church. He don't want nobody to be saved. That's why he goes out and tries to take the seed out of the heart of man so they can't be born again. We find not only false prophets, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13, Paul says there's false apostles. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves in the apostles of Christ, and no, uh, and no marvel, for Satan himself is translated or transformed into an angel of light. So Paul was telling us back in 55, 56, in that area there, he's telling us that during his day, there are false apostles. Jesus told us during his day, there's false prophets. Guess what the church was built upon in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20. The Bible says that the church was built upon the apostles and the prophets, Jesus being the chief cornerstone. Don't tell me this devil ain't got a plan. First thing he throws out are false prophets. The second thing he throws out is false apostles. Number three, there's false brethren. Because when you got false prophets and you got false apostles, you definitely have false brethren. We find in Galatians 2 verse 4, Paul said, And that because of the false brethren, unawares brought in who came to probably a privilege to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus that they may bring us unto bondage. So now Paul is talking about this deception, this plan of deception that's coming through the word of God. Uh, there, was, there was in the prophets prophesying, they would say this, wouldn't they? This is what God said. But God said they're false. The apostles would have said, this is what Jesus said. But they're false. The false brethren would say, I'm listening to all those that say Jesus and God said. Paul said they're false brethren. So we find today, false because of the devil and his deception. You think that's just accidental? Do you think this is just kind of like uh, coincidence? No, it's the devil's plan. We find, fourthly, there is, as we see and as we understand, false doctrines. Now, I want you to notice this morning as we go through this doctrine, because I want you to know the doctrine is more important. The doctrine is the Word of God and its teaching. 
The doctrine, I say to you this morning, friend, if you want to discount doctrine, you can discount salvation. If you want to say, hey, listen, let's just get together. If I speak in tongues or if I lay on hands or if I have an NIV Bible or if I, if I, you know, just do this and do that, maybe drink a little bit, maybe drug a little bit, maybe pornography a little bit, uh, maybe I got my hands in the cookie jars and, and all these kind of things and, and do these other things that the world does as lost people do. But they, let's just come together and be friends. Let's come together and just enjoy each other. Uh, but you know, Fred, we got to match up on doctrine I'm a doctrine guy it's all about doctrine for me it's all about doctrine for Jesus it's all about doctrine for God it's all about doctrine for the word of God but now we got false doctrine we got false prophets we got false apostles we got false brethren goes right along with false doctrine I want you to notice in Luke chapter 4 in verse 32, the doctrine of Jesus, it says, And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. Now, according to Luke chapter 4, verse 32, uh, the Bible says, His doctrine, singular, now get that with me today, and don't, don't lose that, stay with you, mark it down. Doctrine, singular, his doctrine, and what was it? His word. And so the very doctrine of Jesus is the Word of God. Doctrine. There's only one doctrine. The doctrine of Jesus. And what is that? That's His Word. That's the Bible. Amen. So we find number two. The doctrine of God. We find that in John chapter 7. And verse 16, Jesus answered them and said, unto, said, said, my doctrine, my words. You know, we already explained last week that in John chapter 7 that Jesus said it is written. And then he talked about how living waters were flowing out of the belly. And we said, well, where, where is that written at? But in John chapter 4, he was talking to the woman at the well about her being saved and drinking of this living water and that this living water would come forth. And so Jesus' words are scripture. Jesus' words is doctrine. But then he said to them, he said, my doctrine is not mine. Well, whose is it? It's the one who sent me. So we can say clearly this morning that all that Jesus ever said and all that Jesus has ever, has ever spoken is the scriptures, the word of God, but that word of God, the doctrine of Jesus, is equally the doctrine of God. Yes. Right? That's what the Bible's teaching. So we find the doctrine of Jesus. We find the doctrine of God. We find Number three, the doctrine of the apostles. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So let, let's kind of let's move, let's kind of just stop, pause a little bit, just kind of go through this. So Jesus comes and he begins to teach and preach and speak. That's scripture. That was Jesus' doctrine. And then he tells them, hey, it's not my doctrine. It's his doctrine. God's doctrine. 
And then we go to Acts chapter 2. The church now has been empowered by the Holy Ghost of God. And the church is now in its moving toward doing what God would ask it to do. And the apostles, the 120 in that, in that upper room where Jesus told them to wait in Jerusalem, now they have this apostles' doctrine and they continued in it. Meaning they had it before and now they're continuing on. Where they get it from? Jesus. The only doctrine we have so far, Jesus' doctrine, God' doctrine, apostles' doctrine. All right? Number four, I want you to notice the doctrine of Paul. Chapter 3, chapter 13, verse 12 of Acts. The Bible says, when the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Acts chapter 3, you want to look at that, it's probably, probably important. Acts chapter 13, verse 12. Now what's going on? Well, this is what's going on. In, in Acts chapter 11 and verse 26, the Bible says that in, in Antioch they were first called Christians. Then we go to Acts chapter 13 and verse 1. And Paul and Paul and Barnabas and, and Niger and, and uh, several others are there and they're at the church of Antioch and the Bible says that the Holy Ghost of God uh, said unto them to lay hands upon them and pray for them and to send them forth for I got a work that I want them to do. They took out and around verse 5 and verse 6 of Antioch went to preaching where God led them to preach. They come to this verse 12 and as Paul was preaching, Paul was teaching, Paul was giving the gospel, the guy said that what he is hearing, what he's listening to is the doctrine of the Lord. So what Paul was given is the doctrine of the Lord. So now we have Paul's doctrine which is the Lord's doctrine, which is God's doctrine which is Christ's doctrine. Same doctrine. We find there in uh, Romans chapter 16, verse 17, Paul instructs the church of Rome and says this, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which have, have caused divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. So Paul's telling the church of Rome, listen, these people who come in here with any other doctrine than the doctrine which I gave you, which is the doctrine of the Lord, you avoid them. Because they're just going to create divisions and schisms and we don't want none of that stuff. Right? That's what he's telling them in Romans. So we find that Paul is instructing the church about this doctrine. Then I want you to notice in Ephesians 4.14, Paul directs the church. He says this, that we henceforth no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, singular, by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie and want to deceive. Goes right back to who's doing this. The devil is doing this. And Paul is saying, listen, in, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, you'll find that the Bible says that God have given gifts unto men. He's talking to the church. What are those gifts? Well, he said, I'm going to give pastor teachers. 
and will give evangelists. And he said, well, what are they going to do? Well, they're going to perfect. They're going to perfect, amen, the saints. They're going to equip the saints. They're going to do the work of the ministry, amen. That's what it's telling them to do. Then it goes on and says this verse here, so that you and I that are the church won't be too t- tossed and fro. With the slight of men and the craftiness of man and the deception of man, knowing that we have this one doctrine. Paul said that doctrine, the doctrine of the Lord, the doctrine of God, the doctrine of Christ. Paul warns the church in 1 Timothy 1.3. He says, if you can turn there if you like, 1 Timothy 1.3 I just don't want you to get stowed up when I'm trying to preach. I need you to move a little bit, get some blood flowing. Hope I'm not boring you with all these things here this morning, but we're trying to try and make a point about our Bible. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. He says, I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine Paul saying okay now listen we've got this doctrine of the Lord that I've been preaching in Acts chapter 13 and I've got this doctrine Ephesians chapter 4 where listen so we can't be tossed and fro uh, everywhere and anywhere uh, that we'll have an understanding of what doctrine we've got and then he says if anybody else comes in this church and does anything else besides that doctrine that's it don't let them come in that's not the direction that we're headed in Timothy, telling Timothy. He said, they teach no other doctrine. There's not going to be a compromise where you could teach a doctrine and you could teach the right doctrine. You teach your doctrine. No compromise. There's no toleration. Where you come into the church house and you teach a doctrine of the Lord, but you can teach a doctrine of of Mormons or the doctrine of Jehovah's Witness or the doctrines of Church of Christ or the doctrine of Catholicism or the doctrine of Buddha or the doctrine of Muslim or the doctrine of Hindu or the doctrine of any other religion or any other teacher or any other place. Listen, in the house of God, in the church, Paul said, no other doctrine. Amen. We've got to get clear on what Bible do we use. <laughs> so we find this morning... Paul is telling the church, he's warning the church. And look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. He says, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. The words of faith are what? Good doctrine. Again, singular. Look at chapter 4, verse 13. Till I Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. That's what you ought to be doing. Reading. Giving exhortation. To what? To doctrine. Well, I mean, which one of the books that we have in all the translations is the real book? If the Bible teaches us that we're to read it and we are to look upon it and give attendance to Exhortation to doctrine. And friend, if all of them are not the same and all of them are different, which one is right? I got a scripture that tells me I need to read it. Y'all figure it out, don't we? We find here, thirdly, 1 Timothy 
Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them and doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. And now we're talking about doctrine being part of salvation. My, we're getting, we're getting very deep with the thought of doctrine. Doctrine is Jesus' doctrine. The doctrine of God. The doctrine of Paul. The doctrine. But then there's a doctrine of Scripture. Look in Titus. Turn there with me. Titus chapter 2. It's called sound doctrine. The Bible says, Titus chapter 2, verse 1, but, thou, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. He goes on in verse 7. If all things show in thyself a pattern of good works in doctrine. In doctrine. And so we find the context of chapter 2 of Titus is about sound doctrine. It gives the aged men, it gives the aged women. It tells them how to live. It tells them what they are. It tells them what they should be. It tells them how they ought to be. And it tells them how to be sound. Amen. Sound doctrine gives that information. Paul was saying to Titus, sound doctrine is the doctrine of God. We find, you say, where do you see that at? Well, you might find it in verse 10. It says, not prolonging, but showing in all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. And so what is sound doctrine? The doctrine of God. It just says it right there. Verse 1, sound doctrine. Verse 10, verse 10 says, sound doctrine is the, God, the doctrine of God. So that's what we are looking for. Then there's the doctrine of the church. Look at 2 Second John chapter 9 with me this morning. Second John chapter 9. Not chapter 9. Second John verse 9. If you're looking for a chapter, you won't ever find it. Second John 9. Talking about the doctrine of church. He says, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. Now is that strong? He that abideth in the doctrine, singular, of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, what doctrine? The doctrine of Christ. The doctrine that went forth in Paul's day. The doctrine that went forth in the day of Jesus. The doctrine from the beginning of being the inspired Word of God. Doctrine. He says, if they come in and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, uh, neither bid him God speed. And so we find, according to the scripture uh, this morning, that we have doctrine, doctrine, singular, singular, singular. Let me show you some more doctrines, and I close for this morning. I'll, tonight we'll pick it back up. Hope you get to come back to listen to the rest, and we'll get into the King James Version and all that kind of stuff. And uh, but I, I wanted to lay this foundation down so that you can understand that this is not just some kind of uh, flimsy decision on my part, and this is not just some kind of decision on people's part on which translation to read and to study and to believe and to love because it's mildly important because of the devil's plan that he's deceiving and being deceived. Right. We're talking deep thing like salvation without this Bible. 
We're talking about if you don't have the doctrine of Christ, then you don't have God. That's serious stuff. I want you to notice the doctrines of men. Look at Colossians chapter 2 and verse 22. Since we're talking about doctrines, I believe it's fair to give the other doctrines too. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 22. The Bible says, Which all are to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men. I want you to notice the plural. The doctrines. Meaning there's more than one. This is going to be important later. More than one doctrine. In other words, to men, there's many doctrines. To men, there are many Bibles. To men, there are many translations. There's many manuscripts. There's many texts. To many, to men, doctrines are much and many. To God, one doctrine. Just one. To man, many. So we find the doctrines of men. But then can I show you the doctrines of devils? 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. The Bible says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving giving heed to seducing spirits, and doctrines, plural, of devils speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. The devil is behind the false doctrines. God is behind the doctrine. We find this morning the doctrine is the inspired preserved, infallible, inerrant, holy, perfect, authorized Word of God, and there's only one, not many. I pray this morning you saw the devil's deception. Through the Scripture from the beginning of Genesis all the way through the church and even into the latter end. You read that in that that last verse, the latter times? There's going to be the devil's doctrines. And he's so slick and he's so subtle that I don't know what Bible you carry and I don't know what Bible you have and I don't know what Bible you trust in and I don't know what Bible you study from and I don't know what Bible that you look to be the true one. But friend, if it's not the King James Version Bible, you've got the wrong Bible and you've been deceived. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, and our eyes are closed. The Holy Scriptures that makes us wise unto salvation through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're a sinner this morning, unsaved without Jesus, won't you let me take the Holy Scripture this morning, the doctrine, and show you how to become born again. Why are you messing around with the doctrines of men and the doctrines of devils? Why are you fooling around with those? Won't you come to where the doctrine is and let's get saved this morning. The reason why that you don't have a hunger and thirst for this Bible like I do or like many in this room are 
It's because you've never experienced the spiritual transformation for a spiritual book for spiritual people that bring forth the spiritual life. And once you come get saved and get alive in Christ, the Holy Ghost of God will enlighten you and quicken you. And now you can love and look and obey and enjoy the very Scripture, the Holy Writ. Won't you come, dear friend? Then maybe today you are saved and you're just not right with God. You got sin in your life. You got things that God's not pleased with. Won't you come make that right? And then this morning you may be one who have just laid aside your Bible. You're not reading it much. You're not caring for it much. You don't really care much less if it's a King James or if it's NIV. And either one you don't really pay much attention to. It's not part of your life on a daily basis. It's not something that you really have respect for and that it is God that has breathed it into existence. It's God that's preserved it through all these times. And it's God that has published it. And it's God that has put it right in before you and you put it in your hands. And you don't have anything but disdain and to let it go and to let it be and not read it, partake of it and obey it. Won't you come this morning and say, God, I'm sorry. I have disregarded and neglected your word. As a Christian, no wonder I'm not growing. As a Christian, no wonder I've got a bad attitude and a bad spirit. As a Christian, no wonder I've got bitterness in my heart. No wonder I'm distant with God. No wonder I don't want to pray and I don't want to come to church. No wonder, because I have set aside that Bible, that doctrine. You sing, Brother George. If you need to come, you come this morning. You come. You come. You come. Maybe you just want to make a commitment to the Lord that I'm going to take in your word. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. Oh, it pierces and divides between the soul and the spirit. It even works down into the bone and to the marrow. It even goes down to the very intense of my heart and the very motives of my thoughts. This word. The sword of the Lord. The sword of the Lord. Don't lay your sword down, church. Don't forget your sword. Don't let your sword get lost in your Christian life. The sword. The sword of the Lord. The Word of God. Thank you for your Word, dear God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name. Amen. I love you, church. Thank you for being here this morning. We pray. Uh, that you'll come back tonight and get the rest of the story. Because you'll find it very interesting. And you'll find it very convicting and very plain. On what Bible? What translation? What manuscript? What text? What doctrine? 
and I should be involved in. We pray that you'll be back tonight. Let's be dismissed with a word of prayer. Again, uh, thank you for being here this morning. Brother George, you dismiss this, my brother. Take the world, but give me Jesus. All its joys are but a name, but his love abides forever through eternal years the same. Take the world, but give me Jesus. Sweetest comfort of my soul With my Savior watching o'er me I can sing the billows roll O'er oh, the height and depth of mercy O'er oh, the length and breadth of love O'er oh, the full Of redemption.